welcome back to black oak couch reviews i'm your host christina we are back for another episode of westworld this is season two episode five akane no mai which translates to the red dance written by dan Dietz, directed by craig zobel i love this episode it's one of my favorites i think i said it before i will say it again i gave it a 10 out of 10 this episode also was the most submitted one to the Emmys that year. I didn't write down the premiere date, but Tandaway Newton, I'm calling her by her real name. She is reclaiming her birth name. She actually stated Tandy was a, um, a credit error. They didn't put the W in her name, so she stuck with it. But she is by birth called Tandaway. So I'm going to give her her birth name. Tandaway Newton, she won Outstanding Supporting Actress for this uh, portrayal in this episode. So seven out of 16 nominations were given credit to this very awesome look into two women and May's growth. And as well as Dolores's, while Maeve recommits and rediscovers her love of not only this world and other worlds like it that love for her daughter is very prominent and it's defining who she is whereas you have Dolores on the other hand that is thinking that the only way to find freedom is to is to kind of free yourself from those chains of these relationships that to her have all felt rather superficial they don't matter the way in which they matter and then she has a moment in this episode where she has to make a decision that if those feelings are indeed real then what does that mean for the people in her future that she wants to take with her so just very different arcs that they are on i continue to say they are different sides of the same coin and both journeys make so much sense based on the nurture and the nature of their roles for 30 years in this park we start in the present we haven't been there in a minute hosts are being piled together at hq with strand perplexed and qa control room about how the hell this went down bernard continues to watch things very ominously his second strands the woman i don't remember her name she relays that they are dredging the lake and draining to get down to the valley everything being sent over with an intent to get the host reprogrammed to obey once again so they still despite shooting them on the beach are trying to retrieve the ip which we see them doing by having them you know go in their heads and open that shit up that's uh very brutal but definitely effective and at least it's done in a sterile environment this time now the valley is the place in which Craddock and his army were going and where Dolores certainly was heading and it doesn't seem like once she got there things were ideal. Abernathy is still missing and teams have been dispatched to find him. 
as Bedard watches more hosts being dismantled, that guy that I forgot his name too, I don't know any of these people in the present apparently, tells Strand that one third of the hosts have been wiped clean like they never held data to begin with. Excuse me, bitch? That's not the worst or the craziest thing. The cradle, which he shows him a photo of, has been destroyed along with one third of those hosts backup in layman's terms for us it means that one third of the hosts are gone like absolutely gone ip to them people or the personalities that went with the hosts i still say people they are effectively gone forever because the data to copy them is destroyed in this cradle fire Strand remarks that this is quite a story he gave them. I'm guessing he's referring to Ford or Bernard. He's looking at Bernard as he's saying it. He believes if you unravel the mystery, then we will figure out exactly what happened. Bernie still stares at the host corpse, including a confirmed dead Teddy. We go back however many times. We know this is sometime in the two-week period. Maeve and crew are captured by Musashi and his crew. Hector's like, What the fuck was that? Maeve, realizing it's a samurai, reminds said samurai that guns trump knives any day, but apparently they have lassos. Maeve attempts to use her voice commands, but once again, they do not work, turning her smugness into embarrassment when Musashi tells his men to gag her. I just don't know what went wrong. I really love this second time of Maeve having this OP status that she feels she has and later in the episode through threat of death discovers she definitely continues to grow and evolve in that she has a moment of also being vulnerable where it doesn't work and she can't rely on that to get her out of every situation and she has to dig for her other talents and as a madam she has many despite a madam being considered you know kind of like a sex bot as lee called (laughs) sakura he ain't got no type of chill none i love him though He remarks on the hostage trek, how nice it is to greet the sunrise glistening off the intestines of the recently mutilated. He also informs Maeve and the others listening that they have killed the local police, which terrifies Sylvester, who then asks Felix if he can talk to them, assuming all Asians are alike. You're fucking a white male! You're a white man! Felix said, I'm from Hong Kong, asshole. Shogun World is based on Japan's Edo period, which is between 1603 and 1867, a time of great prosperity, however, very strict social status, if I recall correctly, and is the more ruthless version of Westworld because people who think Westworld is tame can come here for the art for war. Hector gets poked not once but twice by Musashi and he is not very pleased about that. He realizes that Maeve understands them when Hanaro, is it Hanaro or Hanaru? I think it's Hanaro, 
comes up to him and they're having a conversation lee confirms saying look she's a madam consciously fluid in all languages can't you see extraordinarily nice she's a killer queen got body jeopardy dynamite with a laser beam it just felt when he was delivering that dialogue that he was totally fangirling the way he said it (laughs) like you all got that bird in your code but look at what she's doing over here she's putting that shit to work we also realizes what's happening in westworld is happening in the shogun world as well since they did not switch to english automatically when they recognize humans and i think this is interesting from his historical uh point of view because kind of like in the beginning of us early humans like we traveled one a lot so information would pass from tribe to tribe and it wasn't like you know when someone discovered fire and how to contain it it wasn't just this one group of people that knew about it right it traveled all over the place and it's almost like this awakening that's happened this um uprising as it will in different places of the world it's just happening differently and they're choosing to do this in westworld and then now in shogun world it just connects it all in a very realistic humanistic type of journey and i like that aspect about bringing shogun world to the actual show and allowing us to have some time here to get to know the people and see it and kind of realize that people and their cultures and the world are important to the people that live in them in the same way in which um mave realizes that the things in her world are important and that's the that's the human experience right that empathy that keeps us all from wanting to just kill each other or our base instincts as it will that survival of the fittest mentality if we really did live into that we would be barbarians and we've decided to evolve in a lot of ways due to that fact that we can empathize and see and despite the world with all their isms at this time especially at this time there's still that capability that keeps us all rather sane also love that it's lee that's kind of like um i'm gonna help you figure out why you can't use your voice commands proving despite never playing the game in itself which like Teresa, kind of says something about him that they never actually just dip into the park or be fucking the host willy-nilly like yeah he's an asshole and he definitely isn't the most perfect person but he seems to have like a line that the as um mimi is probably going to talk about in her feedback later because i already listened to it um it's going to bring up about how real these people are and getting involved in it how it's just not something a a certain type of person would be interested in he is also the best to navigate the park which is something that Maeve pointed out to him and he's proving is accurate that pan out shot was cinematography porn 
this whole episode was if i'm being honest as they head into town a very familiar song starts to play a japanese remix version two little rascals place a beetle on a man that is trying to just do some yoga they put it on his head too and he had to be bald i don't know how he didn't swat that stuff away but because he's meditating apparently he has to ignore the outside world or maybe he's just really stoned and he's falling asleep or drunk armistice seconds the way in which it seems like they're having deja vu man when that tone came in do 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 i screamed the first time i heard that i was instantly in love they're in the japanese version of sweetwater they're at the mariposa hector and armistice are in shock what the hell's going on i mean what the hell is going on Hanaro reveals the dragon tattoo and she's like that's us lee comes clean admitting okay so i cribbed from westworld a bit since he had an unrealistic deadline of 300 stories in three weeks as a writer i kind of felt that man i'm only plagiarizing myself (laughs) and it's not like anyone comes here for the fucking stories that's for damn sure so i was kind of with him like that's a really short period of time to come up with a whole bunch of fucking stories and he's the only one to keep things in line that's kind of you know because they cheat they can't afford a whole bunch of staff and shit and half of them on leave just a whole lot put on his shoulders and i i i laugh at what he did but i also in a way understand it except in westworld you would be a part of the robbery gang here you're human shields and the arrows were badass inside mushashi has the same hector scar he kills the emissary and out pops japanese mave her name is akane hanaru is saved by armistice warning and she lets them go one comes for the japanese version of clementine aka sakura but mave ends it with a gunshot saying let's have a more civilized conversation both women agree sensing they have much in common yeah like our whole entire backstories the transition back into westworld sweetwater was very jarring and it was a good dichotomy to mave's journey this episode as now dolores has come home except it's not home to her she's come back to this familiar place to disparage and pretty much shed the last vestiges of the person she was and has now stepped into with her actions at the end of the episode into the person she wants or thinks she has to be and has accepted who she has to be i would say at this point instead of thinking she definitely is committed to this person and she's making the ultimate sacrifice 
for that commitment so she in turn becomes the villain in her own story of becoming the hero she is also surrounded by death as she comes back into sweet worlder the way in which Maeve's journey showed all the corpses lining up to the town and they still had the tech that they captured Maeve has two techs too except <laughs> they're not in the same situation despite them being captive because you one can argue that Maeve did kidnap in a certain aspect or armistice whatever you want to put it these people ain't here of their own free will even though i would debate felix is definitely here of his own free will <laughs> but she had to compel lee to come with her but there is no comparison into how they treat their human associates Maeve is very optimistic whereas dolores is a cynic both women react in different ways regarding the empathy of their fellow hosts and we see that in the upcoming scene it's funny because you have the maternal instinct versus the matriarch as dolores is the first of them um the first host and we'll explore that concept more at a later time but something to keep in mind especially going back to that statement she made in episode three about how their children and they don't know any better and thus she feels entitled as their kind of <laughs> in a way they're they're um the first of them the mother of their kind in a way to do with her children as she sees fit that's very a godlike be- uh, mindset as well teddy on the other hand isn't woke in the same way he's woke equally as much as hector is woke um they both understand the nature of their reality but (laughs) also following the women that they love so it is very familiar the role that they're playing and when he gets appalled at the homecoming she tells him that this was never their home basically everything about her life was a lie she rejects it and why wouldn't she that path that life she was a victim she was abused helpless and in a loop of pain why would she want to reclaim that as her history and as she is shedding the last pieces of the skin that was dolores abernathy the rancher's daughter in a lot of ways she's looking at teddy wondering if this is someone she has to let go of as well dolores does have a moment of levity in the episode when she sees the train she says looks like she's taken a hit the last few days but who hasn't (laughs) it's humanizing to give her even a morbid sense of humor she is aware of the irony of her situation and that tells me also that she is fully in control and aware of you know the fact that she's taken two bullets and she hasn't died or even really thought about it and no one's even asked her about it (laughs) so she's having this moment of she's still in a lot of ways alone in her world and i'll i'll go back to how that is a dichotomy with Maeve right now who has someone she can talk to and understands what she's talking about and I don't think she gets that same 
level of intelligence with the the people she's around she is the leader of the army and you see that taking that role or see her taking that role by telling them to fix the train strip it for speed she's like teddy with me they go in to have a little one-on-one talk and then she kind of lets her hair down a little bit she takes a drink straight out of the bottle and the mariposa you still have the dealer doing the only thing he knows how to do is deal cards a hooker is still acting out on her program including clementine 2.0 who continues to speak as if mave is still there then our clem starts mimicking the words even lobotomized i want to break free angela safarin killed this scene because the the absolute heartbreak in her eyes and then when teddy notices and he says clementine and they actually you can feel them understanding each other in that moment in ways in which dolores just simply cannot they've known each other they've practiced dialogue with each other they have history and memories even if those memories are all manufactured there's a relationship there that isn't so easily tossed away and she looked at him with those tears in her eyes and he had empathy for her then dolores ended it saying that she can just go return to the others it ties back to akane not wanting to let go of her own reality because those things are are meaningful to other people if they're not meaningful just because they're not meaningful i should say to dolores and she has no understanding of that because she's kind of she's taking more steps uh, away from her humanity whereas Maeve is becoming even more human and the thing about humans are we're flawed we're stubborn where we do things that don't always rationally make sense where you have Dolores very clearly seeing an objective and what she has to do to get there so that's why I say they're two sides of the same coin and despite one choosing the path of a villain sometimes you need villains that can see that rational path whereas on the other side you have the the humanity people that are going to make sure that everyone isn't fucking mulled down in the process of the rash that's how our world works um to say that those people all the way at the top and the billionaires that's exactly how it is they have all the power they have all the money and we have this checks and balance system between our humanity and those people that really don't see things in that exact same manner anymore and that's exactly what's happened to the host in this natural evolution process between the two woke women that reach consciousness before everyone else well to our current knowledge the native americans last episode did mention that akichita was the first of us what that means we have yet to find out of course i know because i've already watched this show but i'm going to to hold your hand on this journey and just guide you gently towards information already provided in the show for you um dolores offers teddy a drink and he gives a scripted response and she tells him let's ride 
Shogun world Sakura dances for the now kimono clad gang enjoying tea and meditation Hector maintains a suspicious eye of Musashi while Maeve pouts at all of the pampering and festivities Lee tells her relax don't you This is foreplay to a new quest, and not hearing them out can end homicidally. Maeve tells him, you are not doing the bare bones like my ass. You've plagiarized our lives, our stories, our identities. He's like, girl, this is supply and demand. Lee tells her, if you are wondering if you can trust Akane, the question you need to ask is, can you trust yourself? Hector comes over aggressive asking for word to kill musashi and she looks at him like what's the matter with you once hector steps away lee explains they're gonna act weird around their doppelbots then the camera pans to armistice and hanaro The quest arrives in an envoy from the shogun who has requested shogun let's say shogun shogun has requested sakura to dance for him at his army camp and it's not for a day or for a few days he plans to purchase her permanently which doesn't sit well with akane so she stabs him in the eye these motherfucking bitch ass niggas lisa that's not supposed to happen and Maeve said looks like someone had a choice after all saying she didn't have one Akane sees Sakura like a daughter to her she found her on the street abused and starved and she worked really hard to bring the light back into her eyes and she ain't gonna let this motherfucker take her Akane then hires the Ronin to get her and Sakura somewhere safe Lee suggests Snow Lake whispering to Maeve it's her cornerstone sakuras that is and also it has access to the tunnels and it's their way out and she says you're not so useless after all lee's double take at the backhand compliment as he had complained he would be useless in the park and shit i think that uh you know surprised him a little bit and i was even a little surprised that he actually knew japanese musashi accepts and says that they will leave at the cover of night Maeve feels even more empathy for Akane as she sees herself within her but also she recognizes her as a fellow mother you know you have two women who choose these children to love these people to close to them to love them as their children despite the lack of DNA that doesn't define who is a mother and who is a child if both choose to have that relationship at night ninjas descend Maeve's tapping into the mesh network by happenstance spying on Akane and Sakura and gets out of the way of a ninja star just in time she is able to use her voice commands on a few ninjas that are attacking Musashi 
but is attacked from behind herself she makes several more attempts to speak but is stopped by the pretty efficient ninjas musashi and hector really they didn't need no help at all lee and herself really did that survival instinct kicks in and she voice commands the ninja to impale himself causing the other to call her a witch and run away she is now neo in the matrix my boss ass bitch 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 if you don't remember what the mesh network is bernard had talked about it in i believe the second episode or maybe the first episode but quick recap it is how the host can communicate with each other through proximity it is also something that um is very beneficial as we see in this episode both lee and hector are like yes queen yes the way in which musashi sheaves his sword my mind's telling me no but my body my body's telling me yes sakura is gone and now the army is in town akane was really about to take that knife and kill them all for her baby to get her baby back lee's continued cluelessness is a way to keep telling the audience that this typically does not happen and he suffered as a characterization because of it musashi knows they are going to terrorize the town into submission as he used to be a captain of said army mave has a plan taking the humans with her while the others are captured distracting tanaka and his army back in sweetwater somewhere past sweetwater dolores tells teddy at a nostalgic spot uh, that she just wanted to see this place one last time and all their memories here teddy proposes finding somewhere in westworld to walk away and be free as he is getting very concerned about the conflict that's coming ahead i like that he acknowledged like i know i'm still waking up to all of this shit and i may not be as far up the ladder as you but i can't believe that this is basically the only option is there no other way (laughs) in the way you're saying and this was is a logical thing for anyone to ask and like akane doesn't welcome the change that will befall that a total acceptance of another life worrying that they'll both turn into people that they don't recognize and to be honest you're already tripping boo she tells him about how they almost lost the herd to blue tongue and asks teddy how he would have handled the issue because her daddy thought about it all night it wasn't the cows that were making each other sick it was the flies that were carrying the sickness teddy said he would shelter the week until it passed she told teddy you're a kind man she didn't have to say it as if it was such a bad thing and be so visibly disappointed (laughs) she's like no baby daddy burned them as the smoke kept the flies away and the herd lived sometimes some need to die so that all of us can survive Dolores has become very cynical like almost all of her fathers Arnold fucking Ford (laughs) at the end of his life you got fucking William 
um i don't even know if you want to call that a father figure but the men in her life have definitely fucked her up they taught her humanity is basically the flies they're a disease and in order for her kind to live they gotta burn them i'm sure there's another explanation of that being that some of the hosts have to die for the rest of the other hosts to survive and why she's turned off her humanity or at least her empathy towards that it's just a necessary sacrifice but at the same time i kind of saw a double meaning in there uh, because it does fall within her trajectory of what she really wants for humans as well like i want to control their world back in shogun world newly changed lee and mave in their kimonos he appeals to mave's sense of survival seen as if the shogun is woke and playing fast and loose with the army they will not make it like they won't survive they're gonna die he wants to ditch akani and head to snow lake not wanting to die for a sex spot present company excluded of course <laughs> Maeve tells him her name is sakura not a sex bot and you can't keep giving us people to love then get upset when we do and he says it's fucking code she tells him no it's not you're wrong as i'm coded to put my needs above everyone else's that is why she was suspicious of akane in the first place and she says here i am choosing to help at the risk to myself and my life and then he says well so much for your so-called daughter and that's the thing about Maeve she is perceptive so she gets it in a way Lee's absolute self-preservation in this moment because it's in her wheelhouse but she lets him go in this moment saying look if you want to go I'm not going to stop you you go ahead alone but mention my daughter again and I'm gonna snap you like a matchstick he says like you did that ninja because now that we've had an argument i really want to talk about this other thing <laughs> about you killing that ninja because what the fuck was up with that that was no voice command ma'am and she says i'm finding a new voice unlike dolores mave has someone as i was stating earlier she can have these rational conversations with about her evolution and that it's coming from humans not perfect but good humans is i think also the layer that dolores doesn't have in her arsenal to help her on her journey as well while on their way to the shogun they spot the cavalry they are tied to trees and made examples of with their corpses Maeve promises to save sakura to akane akane tells her it's not her fight she takes her hand and says it's ours lee's like yeah i can't take this anymore i'm gonna take a piss and he spots a phone and pockets it i'm not gonna be mad about that i would have done the same damn thing (laughs) sylvester and felix pose as the drivers having lee and mave as the esteemed guests with an offer to the shogun that's the ruse that they are uh, perpetrating lee tells them that there are hundreds of hosts in this army sylvester says mave is going to freeze all these assholes then rescue the geisha we're all going to die 
ye of so little faith sir lee and mave are posing as husband and wife of the envoy with akane as translator lee is impressed by mave's lying skills but the shogun isn't nor does he like the gift because he tossed that shit like it was trash and not pure gold that's when she spots or he lee spots the leakage of cortical fluid and they realize that he is not woke but broken and crazy as a fox having cut all of his damios ears to avoid the speakings of the witch as her skills have been noticed not today satan not today akane reveals herself and offers to take sakura's place the emperor accepts the dance from her and agrees that he will give her sakura poor sakura over there looks so broken back in sweetwater angela returns with one of the qa team members not catching up with them however she knows where they're going the mesa and that's also where they took peter abernathy dolores takes teddy upstairs to lose their virginities together akane and mave join sakura in the tent the shogun has carved a cherry blossom into this girl's back to make her more beautiful both women are moved by the cruelty as akane promises that they'll be somewhere safe somewhere as a voice is always called to her may finishing the familiar dialogue with her saying soon sakura you can be who you want to be it was also very sad and i knew it was going in sadly i i just do in my gut akane like teddy has this opposing argument of you know you get to choose who you want to become and that that may be waiting out the storm until that opportunity arises and despite it ending the way it did end i believe she leaves that still that was her philosophy we can wait out the worst of the storm and possibly find a way Maeve wants to take sakura and akane with her to meet her daughter to a new world and begins to allow her programming to awaken because i feel as if akane has reached a certain bit of consciousness where she's making some of her own choices however she hasn't reached woke status where she has understood her reality to the extent in which Maeve and Dolores do but Akane decides against wanting that she says stop and Maeve acquiesces saying she completely understands that freedom is a blessing and a curse some things are too precious to lose even to be free she's still in this park because of her daughter disregarding her own freedom so that she can retain the relationship that she had and it's not a cage to her it's her world dolores takes teddy for a post-coitus stroll where she tells him for days she's been wondering if their love is even real but now she knows that it is he kisses her and he thinks this is good he says you saw me and i saw you and she's like yeah i saw you all right and i realized you is not gonna make it so out of love i'm gonna need to change you so that you do and that is the crux in dolores's argument not how she necessarily treats the humans but all humans are not the same of course we know that but it's 
how she treats her fellow hosts she doesn't allow them the agency and worse with the people that she does actually care about those bonds that she does accept with teddy she realizes well you're not going to make it you're not the person you need to be so i'm going to change you to what you need to be so that you do make it so there is no place for good in where they're going the shogun places Maeve next to him because he knows that she's the witch just as sakura and akani are about to dance he says stop or wait he gets up kills sakura right in front of akane saying you have her as promised then commands her to dance both akane and Maeve feel the pain very viscerally of this loss Maeve recalling her own loss of her daughter akane begins to dance to wu-tang's cream ramin juadi be killing it with the music man this freaking remix i was so getting it with her dance i was like oh shit i don't know what's about to happen but it's about to be fucking brutal and we knew she had a fucking knife in there because we saw her take it out and stab that one dude so when she was doing her thing i was like something about to go down but also she getting it she is getting it she then stabs the shogun in his cheek then rips that man's face off slicing all the way around then he got up because his body didn't understand his brain and his body didn't have the same conversation that death has happened to us and it starts to take a few steps before it falls may felt that shit and then the army is like all oh, y'all assassins and they're about to be killed and both of them like shit we prepared to die may tells akane she is a true mother and she says you too mave then may finds her new voice and she gets all of the army camp to murder each other that artful gore shot with the blood behind mave and then akane walking to her child and falling beside her with the fire and the blood everywhere and then she tells lee when he says what do we do now because they rang the bell for the rest of reinforcements she says i told you i found a new voice now we use it mave went and stole my heart stole the damn show i mean there is no debate on the rise of a villain and the rise of a hero in this episode it's one of those defining ones and i love it so freaking much one of my favorite episodes of the whole series i can't wait to hear what my girls have to say in this feedback so let's jump into the mailbag Christina it's Mimi sending in feedback for Westworld uh, season 2 episode 5 
Um, I postponed sending this because I wanted to listen to the podcast from last week. I completely forgot that I didn't listen to it until I saw Shy says she just listened to it. Um, so I'm actually glad I did listen to it because um, something that well, Shy touched on it in her feedback, but you touched on it too, Christina, was the credit thing. I was watching this scene when he was dancing with um, Lawrence's wife and then seeing like the cousins and then seeing the, the, the guy with the tremors, like all of it seemed familiar, but I couldn't quite place it. Um, and then you like paralleling with the parallel between credit, how he, um, is kind of like William and you felt like uh Ford is is showing William just how ratchet and stupid he really is it's like a he's he programmed that in there and then Shy talked about um how he thinks he's God he has a new lease on life because he died and was brought back by Dolores and then she was betrayed him but Teddy let him go all of this stuff um is really interesting because I personally maybe it's because you know Craddock I mean, honestly, he was a confederado and it, that in itself, confederate anything, I don't want nothing to do with, you know, I feel like <laughs> my black roots won't allow me to even partake in a character like that. And I really need to get over it and start paying more attention because I honestly miss that. Like that whole scene, I was more looking at it from the point of view, like not even of William, because y'all know I can't stand that man, but like of Lawrence, his daughter and his wife. And I know that they're all hosts, but I also see them as human because they look like humans. And I've said it a thousand times to me, for me to be able to separate a host from a human, I would need these hosts to look like the white ones that we saw. I can't look at a host that looked like a human and just be like, okay, that's a host. Because to me, it doesn't look like a host. You have emotions that even though it's a program, it's coding it's still gonna incite that kind of emotional feeling to me because I am human and that's a normal human reaction. Um, I say it all the time, like people that are really, really wealthy, they they learn and are treated and taught different things. If one thing I can say that Meghan Markle and, and Prince Harry, that whole interview, even the way like listening to him talk and listening to the way that he saw his his life you don't know no better like this is like I mean I feel like when you're rich from like to the point where you know you start buying unusual things you start trying to buy islands and stuff your moral compass your code like your everything about you is going to be different from the normal person so I don't think I'll ever be like these rich folks and I don't think if a park ever existed like that I wouldn't see it that way and I don't think that that's ever that's that's how most humans are like I feel like rich people and clearly you got to be rich to be in this park they have a different mindset so I'm trying to like try and think of this show differently and not use my own mind frame I'm trying to be more open when I watch it because I, I know that me thinking of it the way that I am in my own point of view I'm missing stuff so I just thought that whole credit thing and then the William thing and then seeing it his daughter and all that stuff 
thinking about it now after listening to the feedback i feel like with the next episode assuming we get back to william's storyline i think i'll maybe see it from a different point of view so i just want to point that out i'm done rambling on about that um but i will say i i didn't know this because i hadn't listened to the podcast um until after i watched the episode but this is my this has literally been one of my favorite episodes i think it is my favorite episode I I was not expecting me to love this this episode as much as I did Um, because last time we seen Maeve like I am clearly a Maeve fan Um, but I actually started to like be more interested in what Dolores was doing as well which I'm surprised because um, I guess I could start with her because her storyline wasn't like my the reason I fell in love with this episode but um, you know we see her um going through the motions and it seems like you know that whole story with the the cows and then the fly and i knew it was going to come back um because clearly teddy's idea would have been more time consuming and i was like when he said it i was like most farmers would not do that and then when dolores said what her dad would do um i was like yeah that seems more realistic and i was like yeah that story is clearly it reminded me of old sark when uh the what's his name the the i i can't think of it the cartel leader when he said that story about the woman who stole money from his dad's grocery store i was like yeah she's about to this cannot end well for teddy because i don't think that was the answer she wanted (laughs) um but i'm mad she had sex with him and side note the guy who plays teddy has a nice body like most white men booties are little his is nice like i'm just i'm it was there i saw it it was like right in the camera and it was i like my men to be shapely and most white men got flat booties so when you see a little little bump there you're like dad that's nice it was nice so like i'm thinking they having a turn where okay finally dolores is seeing teddy and allowing him to make choices and she's gonna care about him and then she goes and i'm assuming that black guy reprogrammed him because it didn't like it didn't look like she killed him because they wouldn't have needed the computer programmer for that they could have just shot him and he's not programmed to ignore those things and he hasn't made a choice to ignore it so he would have died and she would have to bring him back if that um and this is the brings me back to what i said like one of the reasons why dolores i'm not a fan of her because she keeps saying things about being forced to do things and you know they make us do this they they give us these storylines but you're doing the same thing to these hosts like Maeve specifically said I could make you but I'm not gonna like I if you want to be with me you want to join me I want you to do it and you make that choice I don't want to be the reason that you're doing this you do it on your own if you don't want to then don't do it but Dolores is literally forcing Teddy to be whoever she wants him to be we I'm assuming the gentle-hearted kind sir that he is is not gonna work for her so she's gonna make him worst i feel like he's gonna be like a more probably like hector probably more violent with no moral code he might even act like credit for all we know or freaking uh i'm trying to think of another character we had 
can't think of his name, but someone who's just, they're programmed to be bad and they don't have any kind of compassion and there's nothing you can do to change them. They're, if they're going to kill you, they're going to kill you. That's my assumption. Um, and it makes me really not like Dolores because Teddy been following her around like a puppy this whole time and now she just go ahead and make it worse. Trash. Um, I am very interested in the storyline though and previously I wasn't like she would kind of bore me like her like I, I don't know exactly I know she's looking for her dad um, I don't know if she knows that he was corrupted enough I think I feel like Bernard told her but I don't know if she knows that the humans are looking for him too I know she knows that they took him but I don't think she knows what they took him for I I really am trying to think of like the reason that um, they would need the coding. Clearly, they feel like I remember in season one when they reprogrammed Clementine or they tried to make it look like Clementine was attacking humans um, and Ford was like, um, I know that you know it was like a manipulation because if your coders were really good they would be working for me so it made me think back to that when he said that they know ford is the best and they know the best works for ford so they are trying to take his information to maybe put it toward i'm assuming the human consciousness because what what would be better than this park if i can make you live forever like that show we watched I can never remember the name of it where they they called it sleeves when you would take your mind and put it in a sleeve um duh, like it you know if you want to change what you look like change who you are y your mind will always be intact your memory will be intact you can just change your outside I feel like that would be the next step in rich people domination they rich people they they have so much money that spending it on luxurious things unique abnormal one of a kind things is something that they do i remember i took a class once where they were talking about they they were talking about like they were trying to separate people into like um your childhood like if you were lower class middle class or like wealthy and they were asking these questions and there was one one girl where she raised her hand for all this and we all looked at her different for the rest of nursing school um but she, they were like something like if you went to a private school if you have if your parents go to art galleries and buy one of a kind art and there was if you they they had these names of something i had never even heard of in my life and i was like that's how i know i grew up poor because i've never even heard of that i didn't know what it was and we all looked at her but she looked embarrassed and it's probably because she didn't know she claimed it was her um her grandparents or something like that with money but bitch if your grandparents die you would get some of it so i i never asked her what it was i don't even remember what the words were but it was something i had never even heard of so rich people have so much money that they need to acquire stuff that normal people don't have and to make yourself rich, look richer than the next rich person you got to have something that they don't have so to me being able to live forever because you could put your mind in a different in a body and it'll at first it'll be your body but then eventually why wouldn't it be anybody's body shit like clearly that's what they're trying to do so yes so i feel like that's probably what they're trying to smuggle out and i remember when um bernard killed Teresa. 
I swear for it was building a, a host back there and I thought it was going to be like a replication of Teresa. So I'm assuming whatever Bernard, that little ball thing that Bernard found is going to go into whatever that host was. Cause I know I saw him making somebody and that was right before Bernard killed himself. So we never got to see who it was anyway. So I'm going to be done with that. Now I want to talk about my girl Maeve because I promise you this storyline was the bomb and <laughs> I remember when, like when they um they were walking and the guy who turned out to be the doppelganger of Hector when he was like even though he he's clearly Japanese he's a samurai <laughs> I'm looking at him like why does this motherfucker look so familiar like the scar the mannerisms like clearly the dialogue and the language is different but I'm like looking at him like oh my god like I feel like I should know him so I'm thinking trying to think back no I was like I don't remember any Asian people other than um the the tech Felix I was like I don't I don't know who that is um I was like okay so I must be imagining things but then when we saw that chick turn to the side we saw that scar the, the tattoo I was like oh hell no and then Maeve said what I was thinking like they're us and I was like, okay, so we see this. Are we going to get a Maeve? And we did. We saw, what was it, Akine? Akane? Oh, my God. This whole storyline, everything about it was fucking awesome. The way that Maeve was being choked to death and she was about to die. And I feel like she realized, wait a second. I'm not going to die. I'm not real. Like, I choose to not die. And she just, like, the way her eyes, like, were bulging because she was being, like, asphyxiated to death. And then she, like, just, like, turned her head. Like, the way that the actress, um, just, like, the way she looked when she realized she was a boss bitch and this is not how I'm about to die. Like, it was everything. I, I know you said she won an uh, a Emmy, an Oscar. I think an Emmy and an Oscar are different. Doesn't matter. I'm assuming I haven't seen episode three or season three yet, clearly, but she had to have won something for this season because this shit was the bomb. Like, and then she like telepathically told him to kill himself with that like spear that was sticking out of the wall. I was like, this episode is fucking awesome. Like, I already felt that way when I saw that that the Japanese girl had that koi tattoo, like um artemis had the snake and i was like this shit is amazing and then that stupid dumbass was like you try coming up with 300 stories in three weeks i know they didn't give that job to you by yourself you had you could have delegated some of that stuff and he literally just made different stories like just added like let's let's just bump up the gore on this Japanese one because this is for people that are they think Westworld is tame so let's make this shit real real disgusting because that I'm telling you the madam uh Akine Akane I don't remember how to pronounce it um she was just as actually I'm gonna say she's more of a boss bitch than Maeve because her clearly her programming is to be more violent the way she like when she when that guy killed um Sakura I was like yeah this this dance is not about to end well the way she like she did the kind of the same thing that Maeve did like she was just too calm and then she stepped over the body I was like see this shit's about to get real 
for real real this this is not gonna end well for him because the way she was like devastated and literally just did the same thing that Maeve did when she got it like when she realized like I'm not gonna die today like this is not gonna happen she just was too calm and she started dancing and we're like mesmerized by her awesome ass dance skills and then I remember I don't know if it was a movie or if it was a story I was reading I know that some um what are they called geisha used to use used to keep swords or pins or something like weapons in their hair because that was the only way for them to protect themselves against some of these men so I was like yeah she got some she got some knives in her hair and when she took it out and I thought she was just gonna stab him in the neck but she literally went around his whole face and like cut his like from his mouth to the all the way to the other end and it was only hanging off by a little skin then then in the background you see him stand up and take a couple steps oh my god that scene was everything it was so phenomenally like acted and like shot that the fact that it was disgusting didn't even register to me but oh my god I loved it and I love how Maeve decided that she was gonna help them and she's gonna they're gonna go to this new world to find her daughter together like I there's so many things I want to say like I just can't even gush enough about this episode it was freaking awesome it was so amazing so I have this theory and I don't, I don't know how real it's going to be, but I feel like it's going to get to a point. I want to say precipice, but I, I know I've heard you say that word before, Christina. So I'm not going to pretend like I'm smart enough to know what it means. But it's going to get to a point where we're going to have, and this is my, I'm going to go ahead and throw my theory. This is my theory, where we're going to have Maeve clearly, like they're, her and Dolores are going on the same path. They're just taking it different ways. But it's going to get to the point where... Maeve and her group of hosts and Dolores and her groups of hosts are going to have to make a decision and I'm not saying they're going to fight I'm just saying it's going to get to a point where they someone has to to give like you we can't we can't keep this like Dolores wants to force people to do what she thinks is right and I'm not saying she's wrong for what into this uprising but she's not giving people the choice like that scene with Clementine when she um saw that other host that is clearly her talking to Maeve who's not there like you could tell she was devastated like I feel like in that situation if it was Maeve the other way around even if Maeve wouldn't like wasn't the host that she was talking about she would have sat there and comforted her but Dolores looked utterly unbothered and she was like come on let's go like you can you could see how devastated Clementine was like she just looked broken completely utterly broken at this scene like this is my life but it's not my life because they just stuck this girl here and now she's me like no words or wisdoms no like you know I know this hurts but we can we gonna get we gonna get you you'll just do nothing she just like brushed her along like she's some trash and she's sweeping it up like that just made me just want to slap the shit out of Dolores and I don't want to not I don't want to dislike Dolores because I liked her in the beginning and I was rooting for her I just I don't like who she's turning into it almost seems like she's she hates she hates what humans are becoming so much that it's turning her into a villain 
which would be a dope ass backstory for a villain but i just feel like she's kind of parallel paralleling william like clearly she's not gonna be like she hasn't done is much dirty he's been a shitty person for 30 something years and she is just now making these choices to not be great but i just i don't like who dolores is becoming and i hope it gets to a point where she realizes like this isn't the way i want to be and she reverts like she still can be redeemed in my book william cannot so there's a complete difference in that but i just want her to make better decisions and I don't like what she's doing. And I'm mad what she did to Teddy. Right after you smash him, you literally change him. Like, that's fucked up. That is so fucked up. <sighs> I'm just real, real salty about what she did to, to Teddy. Um, I think that's it. I've really talked a lot. I'm sorry. But this episode was so great. And I had so much to say about it. So I'm going to end it here so I don't get dragged. Um, so until next time, love, peace, hair grease, the black girl magic, queen of the couch, Mimi out. All right, now that's Queen Mimi with her thoughts on the episode. So the first point, we humans, we imagine that we're something more than what we are. Yes, there's that tangible thing of the soul, so on and so forth. But scientifically speaking, we are code. We're X's, we're O's, we're G's. Have you actually looked at the genetic marker? I mean our genome or our dna is basically code and our genetics predetermine a lot of our factors so despite it all we are more host than um (laughs) we are more alike i should say to the host than they the people in this park would like to believe uh as ford says everything is magic except to the magician so if you believe in a higher power that's pulling all the strings here and the puppeteers then even more so uh you see the commonality between host and humans so calling them code as if that somehow makes them different is an ignorance of itself and i too can't imagine what it's like being those rich motherfuckers they got so much money they don't ever have to worry about anything and they don't have to struggle everything is like you said it's just a different type of mentality and that once you're in that one percent i mean (laughs) that life becomes a different type of life for you and everyone is a may fan she's like the best and it's Dell you're referring to in Ozark. And yes, James Marston does have a nice ass. Once again, with Dolores, you mentioned how she's becoming like uh, William. I think that's very apropos to what I stated last episode of how the abuser becomes the abused, whether they see it or not. And often they don't. After eight seasons of SVU, i've done more research than that but this doesn't surprise me that villain or that villain that dolores has sought or has morphed into the villainous roles that she's watched people play and those are the people that have power so if she wants power she has to become that in which she has seen power in this park it's very organic in the same way that Maeve's journey is very organic she was 
a homesteader she had a daughter she understood about protecting the people that she loved and the people she cared about and once she has decided she's caring about you you become um an extension of that you become part of her circle and that's a skill set that dolores simply doesn't have in her arsenal was never taught how to be how did she program teddy mildly interesting bernard definitely told dolores why the humans want peter abernathy and what exactly is inside of him she knows that it connects to what she knows in the valley beyond and despite the audience not knowing i think at her last episode we can all make the leaping conclusion of what that's um meant to be it has something to connect with this idea of immortality of a lot of people have probably invested a lot of money in this ip whether it goes towards immortality or something else it's theirs it's data it's precious data um and we don't know if they can perfect this immortality thing last episode william says maybe in another two or three years so even that possibility and the fact that he wants to burn it down anyway says that just because he wants to get rid of the valley beyond or whatever they have there um doesn't mean the delos board and many other people that i'm sure like you mentioned the rich have a hierarchy too we have only seen william in this world there's no telling what his hierarchy is like out in the outside world and my guess is if you need to come to this world to feel like the king of the castle you're not quite the king of the castle though she's very intent on stopping delos for getting anything else from this park that really in a lot of ways belong to the park this world ford definitely didn't like said project so dolores's quest to destroy it probably has him toasting leonardo dicaprio style in hell the humans didn't back up the data outside the park so that's why it's also imperative that they get this data and why unless they have it they're not even willing to send in a rescue squad it's a breach of ford's terms and that's what they were concerned about trying to force retire him that he would break his toys and go home and that's why she came up charlotte with that insurance policy because that's the only backup that they have and now that's why uh homeboy is freaking out because he's like well holy shit now the cradle's destroyed and that was a backup as well but that was the backup for the host what they have is the backup for the project bernard made the comment about that um i believe i can't remember when he made a comment about but i wrote in my notes bernard made the comment <laughs> and it's altered carbon that you're talking about what else i got down here i will say um and i'm just gonna go ahead and because it's been enough episodes that host was a dud what happened is the fuckboys on reddit actually guessed the ending of the second season so the um the writers had to rework a lot of the stuff because they had went down the rabbit hole you know how you go down a rabbit hole and so many people it's not even and they love to pat themselves in the back for it sometimes i'm like look if you throw everything at the wall and something sticks that doesn't necessarily mean that you really thought out 
<laughs> like and if you get enough if you get thousand minds in the same room working on the same problem and it's like this type of thing it's gonna be figured out and they love to think that they're geniuses but it's like they actually write this show with a lot of breadcrumbs leading up to almost all the reveals that they do so it's not that you're super smart because you guessed it two episodes ahead and i'm not trying to shit on people who are smart but they really be stroking their dicks and shooting at other people's eyeballs and jumping around on every platform they can find talking about how they know this and dropping i mean they just they're assholes with it and <laughs> i typically despise them um and i think that's all i need to say about that so that that was something whatever that host was it's not a factor uh in the season whatsoever so i'll just go ahead and throw that out there i will say small correction Maeve didn't choose not to die it was instinct and there's a reason why i'm making the distinction i'll explain at another time and your uh, theory is there's going to be a host civil war even if it's just a philosophical debate or maybe as we saw i mean in the future we saw there was a little confrontation where Dolores was killing Native Americans saying sorry friend we don't all deserve to go to the valley beyond so we don't know what the fuck that was about and I think you're right Dolores is turning into the villain Wyatt is the villain and the liberator that's what his character was always meant to be and she has owned that personality as her own great thoughts though I love the insight that you provided and I can't wait to hear what you have to say regarding next week's episode so last but certainly not least, Queen Shy. Hey Christina, it's me Shy. I am here to discuss Westworld Season 2, Episode 5. Now, I don't know if I've ever said this or... <laughs> this, I'm sure I brought this up before. But this episode, as crazy as it was, especially in the end... This is my wheelhouse as far as the type of show. I mean, I said this, I did say this before. It seemed like each episode, it's it's like we're stepping into a totally different <laughs> genre or whatever you want to call it because this had a completely different feel to any of the other episodes that I've seen up until this point. I personally am a fan of Japanese television, Japanese shows, anything that had Japanese culture. I'm a huge fan. Um, I told you guys that I lived in Japan for almost four years of my life. And yes, I this is definitely in my wheelhouse. So I was uh, loving this so much. Of course, I wasn't expecting to have to do some reading but (laughs) during the episode so I'm sure I missed some things um that I'm definitely gonna have to watch this episode again because you know reading and trying to figure out what's going on and trying to see what's happening it was just too much it was sensory overload for me so I'm probably not going to be able to articulate certain stuff that went went on without watching this again but i will give it a go um but yes um 
yes, this was definitely um, something I thoroughly enjoyed. This type of um, this type of Japanese culture stuff, you know, the geishas, the samurais, the ninjas, all that stuff that's in my wheelhouse. Um, anyway, uh, but in this one, we see Maeve being a a bad, bad biatch, I should say. I'll just say it, you know. Um, it, I mean, I'm like sitting here watching her and, you know, she's evolving as always. Um, so she goes from being able to, you know, verbally command the um, host to do what she needs them to do to now she's able to do that without even saying a word just by projecting a command out there so that's crazy that's some op stuff uh i don't know how this is gonna you know so that ending was really curious because if she's able to just with her mind get the host to do what her bidding that's crazy that's amazing but crazy (laughs) <laughs> Lee he was I'm like I'm like I think I was I was thinking in my head a few times we get it Lee I'm like this dude he <clears throat> cracks me up he I don't know when he's gonna get that things are not going according to plan not going according to script so we get it Lee yes none of this stuff is supposed to happen because a lot of these hosts are marching to the beat of their own drums so the sooner you understand that, the better. But I like how he's able to give us like what is supposed to happen versus what's happening. So we can see a bit of the the how off script things have gotten. Um, you know, when he's talking about the Shogun army showing up when they're not supposed to. And, uh, you know, some other stuff that he was saying was supposed to happen. Of course, we see that he grabbed that whatever he grabbed some technology so obviously that's gonna come into play at some point because you know lee is lee so he's gonna uh he's not gonna totally be on board with everything that's going on he always got his plan b but yeah the story uh yeah the story with akane i know i'm not saying the name right akane um and her I guess her foster kid or, you know, the, the young lady that she took in, um, Sakura, who, which means uh, cherry blossom in Japanese, is uh, translated to cherry blossom in Japanese, in case I didn't know that. And the fact that they carved, which is so nasty, they carved the cherry blossom tree to her back. I'm like, oh my gosh oh my gosh that was so horrendous um and i was not surprised that i just knew it was coming it just just felt like you know maybe she was um she was connecting with akane in a motherly way that nurturing way that her relationship with sakura was reminding her of her relationship with her daughter and so she felt like she found the kindred spirit in her and she was wanted to help she wanted to you know 
<clears throat> bring them along um, as they go to the free world. But she she realized that you know Akani was too was not woke. Um, she was still part of the script and and she wasn't open to that um because uh when she was talking to her about the new world and being free those whispering things was going on like to, to distract her from hearing what um like i guess a block uh from hearing what um Maeve was saying so that was sad and i just knew that that dude was gonna kill sakura that was just oh i'm like i, was, I just saw it coming um and of course you know Akane she just she went berserk I mean oh my gosh the way she killed that dude a shogun leader oh my god <laughs> and then all the gore uh, I had to close my eyes like I told y'all me and gore just don't get along it's just it's just not something I can you know sit through for too much period of time I could look I could look at a little bit of it but too much of it I just can't Ugh, it just it just gets to me um but yes it that that slaughter that went on from then um from that point on was crazy but i knew i knew when she was dancing too i knew she was gonna do something because she just snapped but as a you know but as in their culture they don't outwardly show too much so but you could tell i mean just from her demeanor just from you know that close relationship that you know she wasn't gonna take that sitting down so um yeah but she was definitely <laughs> badass with her <laughs> the way she did that um so yeah um uh, i really 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 enjoyed the Maeve stuff um as for dolores i saw this one coming to when she was talking to teddy about the blue tongue like how would he handle that and and he was just you know well actually it's, it started with Craddock you know him letting Craddock go that's just letting her see that her vision you know they're just not on the same page when it comes to what she's wanting to uh, <clears throat> the road she's going down and then when she told that story about the blue tongue and you know how the flies were the ones that you know were spreading it with the cows and what would he do and then he talked about you know sheltering the weak and um riding it out um she you know that told her right then and there that teddy wasn't about that life that um what she was embarking on that he wasn't gonna have the stomach for because he was a kind-hearted loving man which she loved on in one aspect but for the journey that she was about to go on that's not the type of teddy that she needed or wanted and so I felt like their sex scene was like a goodbye scene kind of thing. So I don't know. It just seemed like it just it just played out how I thought it would play out. And then yeah, she she definitely she definitely didn't disappoint. Cause for her, you know, Teddy is all about you know trying to save them all and hope for the best and have this optimistic way of life. You know, we can live this you know big have this big happy ending and she's like a realist right now i mean her thing is like you know it's about sometimes you gotta sacrifice a few to save the many sometimes you gotta you know throw some people into the slaughter to you know the g the 
the means the ends justify the means and so you know you gotta do what you gotta do and sometimes people get hurt sometimes people get killed but it's for the greater good and so that's her attitude and that's what her story was about when she talking about the dad burned the cows and and that you know did away with that deflected the the um flies and then the rest of the the you know the strong the strong you know the or or survival of the fittest type thing so that was her aspect and she felt teddy was weak um and so apparently she's gonna reprogram him i'm guessing that's what that scene was about i was wondering what happened to black tech guy so he's back in the midst and so he's there to reprogram him or you know i'm guessing because i know he she didn't kill him but she's like this ain't the teddy i need for what i'm about to do so i need him to be more hardcore more cold-hearted more about that life um so yeah please reprogram him to do that to do what i need him to do um that's my interpretation of what went on there there's so much that went on in this episode and i'm not going to be able to cover it all as per usual so those are the things that stood out to me that really got me um what else i just love may's journey in this one and you know the the language her speaking that language her control like i said it just it was just it was just a lot going on they were both dolores and mave in their own way um they both evolved even further into the journey that they're both embarking on um in different ways i'm very curious as to where her daughter is like who's been taking care of her daughter like what's that's the only thing i'm not understanding she's a kid so what did they did they give her to another family to do another she's playing another role will she remember Maeve? um so those are the things that i think about as well because just because you know these are her memories that doesn't necessarily mean her the daughter uh remembers remembers these things um and i'm very curious as to what the next step in dolores plan is and we got a little bit in the beginning oh yeah i forgot the beginning when we saw bernard and strand and them collecting all the hosts and um that guy i forget his name um is telling strand that there there was nothing there like they were it's like not there was no memory there was nothing like their whole minds were rebooted or their memories were wiped their their everything was wiped out so that's very curious i'm wondering what that's about um and of course bernard is you know just playing it cool not you know just as being unassuming for the moment um of course it brings to mind where is elsie you know what happened to elsie did he end up doing the thing that he said he wasn't gonna do uh, which has hurt her and what happened to charlotte we still don't know what happened to charlotte um so so many and then we're i didn't see did i see stubs in this one i'm sure he's around i just didn't see him so again so i don't know how many episodes are in season two but i feel like we're you know in the middle of the season um did, i don't do we have how many episodes we had in season one i don't remember anyway um I just feel like there's so many things that still need to be 
uh, addressed and um, that we need to get the story of or, and see where this goes. So I'm very excited to delve into that. So I'm very anxious to see episode six. But I will refrain because I have other things going on. So I better go. I've said a lot. And I, like I said, another one of my shows that I can just keep talking on and on and on about. I know I keep saying that, but it's true. Because I just really want to like get all my thoughts out. But it's just too much. And this was too much. And I feel like I missed a lot of stuff because I had to, like I said, read and try to figure out what's going on at the same time see what's going on so um but it definitely had my attention like i said and um yeah i'll leave it at that because i know you'll you know recount everything anyway and give your take on it and so i'll what i feel like i missed you'll probably explain it and then i'll get mimi's perspective which will help me out a lot as well so Until next time, much love, peace, and Black Girl Magic, Queen of the Couch, Shy. Westworld got Queen Shy reeling, (laughs) y'all. But I'm glad to hear that you're a Japanese fan. My daughter heard that and she's like, I really like her. (laughs) She's uh, in love with Japanese culture. Uh, And I didn't know you lived in Japan for four years. That's pretty awesome. She also said, can you take her with her? I said, she doesn't still live in Japan. I know, but just say, can she take her? I'm like, okay. Shy, can you take um, Maya with you to Japan? And yes, OP Maeve. Uh, Is she OP though? I don't know. The thing of it is, she's getting more human. What does that, uh, what kind of barrier does that give for her? Lee had to be the audience, as I stated earlier in the episode, to guide you and you summed it up pretty well on exactly like this is not supposed to be happening so it kind of uh was a weak point on him because it wasn't consistent he knows that this is you know not as it is um and as a human that's kidnapped it is not i think incorrect to want to be or get the fuck out of all the crazy ass stuff our black asses would be first what are what you talking about we would have been ditched this shit. Like, I love you, Maeve, but shit. People are dying. People getting shot. I don't know how to fight. <laughs> I don't blame anyone who's human that wants to maybe just get out of this world. Because Maeve is going to, you know, do her best to, you know, maybe save you. But there's no guarantees there. Akane was waking, but not fully conscious and didn't want to be. And Teddy is definitely following um Dolores's own philosophy which is kind of what backfired in her face when she told him that these people are children and that they don't know any better so would you kill your own children (laughs) it's rather barbaric to him and why he doesn't even listening to her lead agree with how she's doing it she can't see the irony of it what is going on with Maeve's daughter mildly curious what happened to charlotte mildly curious where's elsie i can only ever say mildly curious there are 10 episodes in the season i can confirm that so we are at the uh stopping this is the halfway point definitely and like i said it felt like a big episode for both women where 
this was almost like a, a defining point or how they say it in the flash um a fixed point and i watch tv with the closed captions on and lastly in this uh statement because you were talking about reading and then watching I, I always watch tv with closed captions on so i'm just inured to it um i don't know what that says about me i know a lot of people that do it so i know i'm not alone but maybe maybe um y'all don't <laughs> and it's fine but i, I do like watching it because i don't miss anything that's said in case i get distracted so it becomes a auditory and um, visionary experience. That's all the thoughts we have on this week. If you want to join the conversation, blackgirlcouch at gmail.com. You can leave a comment below on this podcast. My social media will be there as well. Remember to like, share, subscribe. If you have time, run over to iTunes, rate the podcast, and leave a review. Until next time, peace, hair grease and black or magic.